Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, this is the designfootball.com podcast, which we are now regarding as the new home of Football Design Chat. My name is Jay. I am still sporadically the resident blogger on designfootball.com. Today I'm joined by Martin Leroy. Hello. Is, hi there. He's a science teacher and a part-time kit designer, which is very interesting for us. Uh, how are you, Martin? I'm very well. Uh, well, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> I've been better, but at least I'm... I don't feel like I'm going to be sick now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's give it an hour and then see how you feel. Um, what what is actually wrong with you? Um, honestly, I don't know. It was um my work night out last night. I had two pints and I came back and I felt like I'd had about eight, and I went straight to bed. And I've been asleep for about thirteen hours, and I've just got up to do this. Oh, we're so touched. Thank you for that. Um, the reason, one of the many reasons why having Martin on on this uh, second designfootball.com podcast is uh, he is a member of the website. Uh, he uploads, you upload, Martin, uh, you upload to the site very often and, um, or, or quite often, let's say. Quite often. I think I, I could do better. I think that's okay. my yeah. level. There's always room for improvement. Always. And um, what we didn't do on the last podcast which was fascinating with John Devlin it was it was I think maybe because it was all killer and no filler the uh, we didn't actually give an idea of why we're doing running this podcast so we uh, the website is uh, a home for amateur designers uh, which we'll talk about and also which strays into being professional designers um, so we want to showcase the talents of, of people on the website as well as talking about the world of football design which encompasses uh, kits, crests, stadiums, uh, boots as well. We've got a section on the website for boots and training wear. Everything that's related to football design we can talk about, um, but we want to have a focus on the website as well. So that's why it's one of the many reasons, as I say, why it's fantastic to have uh, Martin on today. Uh, Martin, you have been involved with Kilmarnock FC, haven't you? And are you able to... to Give us an idea of what's what's gone on there. How you got involved with Kilmarnock FC and what that led to? Um, okay, so we're going. If we want to go right back to the very beginning of the story, it was when we were with TFG. Do you remember them? Yeah, yeah. So they did quite a lot of sort of Scottish kits and sort of lower league English kits, but then they sort of disappeared. What happened to them? Did they get bought over by someone? Oh, I, I don't know details. You oh, details? Details? <laughs> Who needs details? Don't, don't put me on the spot. We, we can discuss this. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, let's say they went out of business. Let's make Ooh. it up. But just because... Let's, uh, 
just we're not libel or slander as well so they're they're doing wonderfully and uh or they, they're gone completely so okay then yeah. they, they, they don't appear to be making kits anymore they went let's just say they yeah. went um so when they went we obviously had to look for a new company to make our kits and we got lotto to do it but it wasn't actually a lotto. It was some company was doing it through a lotto contract and stuff like that. And we got our kits, and within a week of the launch, people were complaining because the colours were running in a football top. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kept them for a season, and they were absolutely awful. The sponsors were coming off of them, things like that. So we chucked lotto, and we decided to start making our own kits under our own brand name so i should say i'm saying we but i just mean kilmarnock the team i support uh, i don't actually mean i was part of it at this time um so that first season we made them and they seemed to go down okay um but then obviously um i sat in my entire life i've just sat and doodled football kits and things like that so i was on the kilmarnock fans forum and i was just posting my designs there of ideas of what we could do since we actually had sort of free reign on what we could design and what we could actually put into production. And the person, sort of the third party who we were making our kits through, got in contact with me and said, I like your designs. Would you like to come and have a little meeting? And I thought, yeah, that sounds great. So I went down um, and he sort of showed me some bits and pieces about what he'd made from Comarc and how the process worked and stuff like that. And I was very impressed. Um, but he just got me to like do T-shirts and stuff. So I made a couple of T-shirts that went into the club shop. And... Sorry, just... Um, so you, you're just on a... So this is a Comarc forum, is it? That you're yeah, uploading yeah, it's just the fans to. forum, yeah. What? <laughs> just to give... <laughs> So you suddenly get an email from the club that you've been designing. This sounds like uh, a a story that you would hear. Like I remember a friend of mine wrote a, a story about when I was a kid as as a birthday present to me. He wrote a story about how I was kicking a, a football around in the local park and Kenny Dalgleish pulled up in a in a limo and jumped out and went, <laughs> you look good. Jump in, come and play for Liverpool. Oh, yeah. So this is... Um, like the everyone's fantasy, like you're sitting in the stadium. It's like we need another substitute. <laughs> You'll do. Yeah, yeah so... it, was, it was kind of what it was like. It was a it, like, like I think at the time I didn't really realize what it would lead into. Like, and like it wasn't like the club who got in touch with me. It was just the this guy, the third party person, and. Yeah, just like yeah, yeah, just I'll, I'll go for a meeting. I'll show you what to do. And I remember that first meeting with him. I was just completely like blown away because I was like that, like caught in the headlights. And he was saying, <laughs> "Oh well, here's some of the samples that we've got. What do you think of that one? We tried to sublimate this here and this year and this year, but we don't think it worked. And then how about this one here? We've managed to get a shadow in it, but we think it's probably a bit too much. And then what about this one here? And the meeting just seemed to go so fast. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do whatever. I'll do everything. I'll do everything. Yeah, just whatever you want." And so yeah, it was a bit like that. It was um, yeah, just not expecting it to kick off as much because um, he well okay. So I made those t-shirts, mm. and then he like we'd already got our home top sorted for that season, and he showed me the home top, which was quite exciting because I hadn't been leaked or launched or anything like that. So mm. I'd seen that, and then he gave like he gave me a freebie, one of my first of freebies. I'm sure we'll talk about my freebies more later on. <laughs> Um, so I got the, that top before it got released, 
before anyone had ever seen it, and I was did, like, yep. "Did you wear it? Were you allowed to wear it?" And he, I'm sure he did say something along the lines of, like, <laughs> "Don't go to any games wearing it or anything like that just yet, but you can wear it about the house and stuff. That's okay." Yeah. But so, um, I had yes, yeah, so I had that, and then, uh, well, okay, we'll get on to the we think football clubs are organised thing. They're just not. That top had been released, and they still hadn't done an away top yet. Well, so, so what, what month are we talking about now? So um, I, know, I know you've written about this, but the dates are a little bit off, aren't they? So what yeah. seasons are we talking about oh, to confirm? Put me on the spot it's, here. So this... No, I think it's it's 2011-2012, isn't it? No, sorry. No, no, it's 2010-11, isn't it? I think this one we're talking about just now is the 09-2010 top. Okay. So we've got, I think, we're going back a season. We're a back a season from the main event. Um. So this one was, it was a white top and it's sort of blue and gold trim when gold was back in fashion back then. And it right. was very much, they'd sort of given me ideas and I just had to draw them on Illustrator, and then presented it back to them. They said, "Yep, that looks good." Um. Tweak this, tweak that. So a couple of tweaks, and I was like, "Yep." That looks good. I think we'll have that as the away top. So I was like, okay, excellent. And then within a month or so, it got made. I should say, this is not how it happens normally. I've spoken to people <laughs> who, who are designing kits. You said it in the last podcast. They're always working two years in advance. We're talking here about the home top being launched just after the season finished, and they still didn't have an away top yet. And that's the sort of time right. frame we were talking about of getting this away top done. There's, so, there's two there's two sides to this coin. So there's the idea that that that's not professional and it should be done quicker and you, you should have two years of development, which the bigger brands do. So Adidas and Nike do have uh, between two and a half years to, to well eighteen months to two and a half years, I would say. Um, things are subject to change, I think, as well. If the sponsor's likely to change, because then I think colours come into play. So we we were going to use these colours, but now the sponsors this we. We after we've got an agreement with them that the third kit, third kit should incorporate their color or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, the other side of that coin is that often they will say, "Oh no, we can't, we can't design the kit in that that time frame." So a lot of the, the big thing is when when there is a fantasy design and someone comes forward and says, uh, "This this should be the kit for next season." Well, it's impossible. We can't make that kit. Well, yeah, you can. It's been done. It happens like quite often. That kits will be will be produced in only a few weeks for whatever reason, and and that's also the the argument for giving teams team wear is oh no we haven't got the time to develop something else we can't develop a bespoke kit in we've just say Adidas take over the contract their argument will be well we have to give them team wear for the next season because we we can't create a a completely a specific to them kit because we haven't got the time well yes you have you you can do it and especially with the amount of money you've got. You can do it. So it, there is uh, there's two arguments to that, isn't there? And whether it's a good thing or yeah, yeah, I think there is. It, it is possible. I think there's definitely trade-offs though, because I think if you spoke to Kilmarnock fans, one of the things they definitely say about the 1869 kits that was our brand is that they weren't the best fitting kits, and maybe the quality of how they were put together wasn't the best, and that was to my eternal frustration because. Obviously, I I wanted to have that two year development 
like I had it in my head. I was like, I want to do this, I want to do this, this and this. So there is a trade-off, and that's certainly for us getting a kit ready within a couple of months, there was definitely the trade-off of the actual quality of it. And so that's something you've got to look out for, I think. So that top, um, it got made, and I think it went down pretty well. Like, you, you always take the criticism of it, like, a little bit to heart when it's one of your tops. I'm sure it's the same for anyone on the website who gets criticism from someone it's just but it's actually creative it's a constructive criticism rather sorry it's always gonna sort of get to you so someone says it's boring it's rubbish don't like that gold trim and then you just want to jump in and try and defend it but i think it was quite well received it was okay um but so that was i think that was the 29 2010 kit um and then it was the next season after that, though, that I got involved a little bit more. So about halfway through the season, coming up to, well, I think it was just coming up to Christmas, uh, the guy who I'd been speaking to says, so the chairman is wanting you to have a go at designing the home top and the away top. And I was like, mm-hmm. ah, well, this is it. Because, like, the away top was good. That was, like, excellent. I've been designed the way top that will live that'll be there forever in history, but it was like to design a home top would have been amazing. So again, I didn't have completely free reign on the home top. So the chairman that we had at the time had had a meeting with the kit manufacturer, and he had this thing in his head about arrows or something like that, like. Because the first stop that we'd had with them, we just had this little design feature. And they'd obviously designed it flat, just like how you would draw a picture of it. But when it actually got put together and made, they found out that it made this horseshoe shape on the side of the kit. So it was completely accidental that that ever existed. But the chairman was just like, oh, that's amazing. Look at that. This lovely design feature. Um so he had this idea of this arrow that went down the side of the kit. So from front on, it was just a line, but it ended up this arrow. So if you have a look at that kit, it's on the sleeves, it's blue sleeves, and it's got a little gold arrow there, which the chairman sort of requested that that should be there. And right. so like you could do bits and pieces to to sort of decide how good that was or what it looked like, sorry. Um, but... It, like, it wasn't fully creative freedom. But then I got told, they awake it this year, it's totally yours to do as you please with. So I had a couple of ideas. I drew up the kit, um, which, funny enough, it ended up being blue, or sorry, yellow and blue, yellow with blue trim. But I'd actually originally decided to have it sky blue with chocolate brown like that old coventry kit the old coventry admiral kit because <laughs> I, I just thought okay. I'd, I'd thought i just want it to stand out i want it to be something which people remember but then they'd come back to me and said it's a lovely design we're not going to follow you on that <laughs> but sky blue and chocolate brown i was like all right okay y- yellow uh, and blue. the italy have worn that haven't they they, they wore they did. it was it euros that they wore it at yeah, well, it's the one of their very early kits. I think was a sky blue shirt with brown shorts and brown socks. Yeah, I think that's like that was them sort of harking back to the days where they yeah. wore that. Yeah, yeah I think so it was. They, it was oh, a Confederations Cup, I think. Yes, you're right. It was. It was the Confederations Cup. They were terrible, though. I think they, they 
probably the worst ever World Cup winners in 2006. And then they went to Confederations Cup, I think 2009 maybe. And they they weren't good. And I, I don't know if they ever wore like the brown shorts and socks because they were so bad that they didn't play enough games. They were, they were planning to wear them in like a knockout round or something. They didn't get there. Yeah. I'm not sure. That might not be wrong. That might not be right, but it's... Uh, yeah, well, let's just say that. Yeah, let's go for that. It, it doesn't go likely. down. It's a better story, but it it doesn't go down in history as like a, a classic one of their kits because no, it doesn't. they it wore doesn't. it five times and and lost all five games or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, sorry, Gohan, you were saying so. So they didn't go with uh, sky blue and brown shocker. No, they didn't. So <laughs> I can't imagine why. What's possible? Why would someone not want brown? But there we go. Uh, so we went with yellow and blue, which are our traditional away colours. That's what we've worn in the past as our away colours. Um, and that got made as the away kit. And I went to Ibrooks on the first day of the next season. And we wore it against Rangers <laughs> and got beat. Because that's what happens when you support a team like Kilmarnock and you go to Ibrooks. Um, but... we, we, won't, we won't go into the reasons why you get beat when you go to Rangers. I don't think we should discuss that bit, should we? <laughs> No, we won't. We won't talk about Scottish referees at all. Yeah. Um, but it just—it was quite cool seeing it there on the pitch. Something that was completely mine, and then sort of looking around, and there was people who'd bought it, and like I was literally sort of looking, going, "I designed that. That's that's me. That was that there. That that was that, just." It must not seem real. I mean, if if you have an ambition as a as a football kit designer who who grew up in Scotland, <laughs> just seeing it worn, especially as as you can't your team as well. So you support a team, and then who who could they play against that would really be an honour if you, they wore their kit? It's like Rangers. That, yeah, realistically, <laughs> the first yeah, time the as well. Front. It's too yeah. fast. Actually, it's too fast. You, your progression is it it angers me, but to to get to exactly the pinnacle in the first time you ever see. That, that kit getting worn that is entirely your own creation yeah it was utterly surreal like even now like when I go like I'm in the north of England just now but when I go back up and I see people walking about Kilmarnock and I'm like oh there's my kit like even mm. though it was years ago now I'm so like oh there it is excellent it's it's utterly surreal like I remember when I was a kid me and my friends uh, who lived in the same street as me we were both designing kits just doing doodles and stuff like that and I'd drawn a Kilmarnock one and I'd sent it to Kilmarnock and got nothing back and he'd drawn a Newcastle one he was a Newcastle fan and he sent it off to Newcastle and he got like this fans pack back <laughs> and I was like oh this is just never gonna happen like nobody cares at Kilmarnock but yeah it was utterly surreal so that was good being at Ibrooks and seeing us wear that top was well what it seemed at the time like it would be unbeatable but that changed later on but we'll talk about that later well so this is this is sort of the next step i will jump a little bit here so as it turned out although obviously a huge honor and this was fantasy being realized to have your kit um being worn like this and what season are we talking about? We're now talking about 10-11 season, is that right? This is the 10-11 season we're talking right, about. Right, yeah. so 10-11 season. So they, this is the official uh, away shirt this season. Um, how, how, did, how did it sell? Rubbish. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is where the, you would think the, the dream is, is... Reality kicks in again, and it's a bit like, okay, well, maybe, maybe this, this isn't going to be the perfect sort of end to this story is is 
uh, of this shirt being going down as a classic and then no no because obviously you're sitting there and i was pretty happy with what it designed but for them to say oh yeah it's not really selling that well so uh, it's like but it's amazing i did it do you have you not told them i did it because they'll buy it if they tell them i did it (laughs) (laughs) so you've you've written about this so i'm just going to quote something that you've written on this so at the end of yeah so you at the end of this season and this is just fascinates me the away top i designed for and and you put 9 10 but i think it's 10 11 yeah yeah had been such a big flop in the shop that they were keeping it on a season in order to shift more units the first thing that i react to that is um that's quite a jaunty way of of describing your desolation just this um the horrendous experience of everything going fantastically well and then being told oh no no nobody really likes it or wants it or anything so then it gets carried on to another season this this blows my mind as well that the a business decision is taken you know that thing that's not selling well at all well we're not actually going to counteract that with another uh another kit that will improve the situation we're actually going to carry that one on because we've bought a load of stock and now we need to get rid of that stock so we're going to carry it on for another season that decision of what we're going to be wearing next season for that to influence that decision is 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 surprising well it wasn't even the first time that they'd done it i think that season they had registered the purple away top from the season before as their third kit because they still had units of that left so it wasn't even the first time that they'd done it. So they'd carried so they'd carried on the yellow they carried on the purple one into the next season and then they'd got it shifted. Like if you go onto the club website from the posts of about that time, you see that all of the youth teams are all wearing the purple kit because it was just that was their way of getting rid of it. Just give it to the youth teams. That's what they'll wear all the time. They won't wear the blue and white stripes, they'll just wear this purple kit. <laughs> and then that then obviously they said, Yep, we've got enough for them, gone now. Let's get onto the yellow kit. Let's feed that through. So they wore that again for the next season, for the 11-12 season, as their away kit again. Yep. And that was, yay. Great. That That is great. And it's, again, it's a little bit disappointing. It's a little bit like, well, it's, it's great. They're going to be wearing my kit again. But it's a bit like, the reasoning behind it is is disappointing. But as things turned out, not such a terrible thing. No, it wasn't such a terrible thing because as we went through that season, we seemed to be having quite a good run in the League Cup. We played our local rivals, Air United, in the semi-final, got through to the final where we played Celtic. And then I remember seeing like a post saying, well, the League Cup rules say that if home tickets clash, then each team wears their away kit. So Celtic wore their the, the, the off grey one with the green pin hoops. And the green yeah. sleeves, if you remember that one, they wore yeah. that, and we wore the yellow away kit, which I designed. So it got worn in a cup final, and of course, a cup, we should we should add that clearly this was a cup final that Kilmarnock were going to lose. They were playing against. Oh, uh, absolutely! So. Like I'd been to three, no, two league cup finals in the past where we got hammered three 0 by Celtic, and then even worse, it was like we've actually got a chance against Hibs and then got beat five one. Which is absolutely distressing. So it's like, well, not going to build it up too much. We're playing Celtic, but we'll see what happens. You never know. But got through to 80 minutes. It was still nil-nil. Then on the 85th minute, nice bit of play down the left wing. Cross comes in. And then Dieter van Tornhout heads it in. 
and we're one nil up against Celtic, and I'm looking at the clock, going, "This is going to be the longest five minutes of my <laughs> life now." But we saw out those five minutes, and we won the league cup against Celtic in a kit that I designed. <laughs> so that's it's uh, it is quite a story. Um, the I mean, fantastic that well, fantastic victory for Kilmarnock. Yeah. Um, and great for you. Sadly, the day was actually overshadowed by the the death of um, Liam Kelly, a uh, Kilmarnock midfielder. His, his father died uh, in the immediate aftermath of the, or well, during the celebrations in effect, and, and sort of stopped the celebrations, uh, obviously because it was such a terrible thing and, and sudden death like that. Yeah. Um, I think he died of a heart attack, was it? Yeah, he had a heart attack uh, just before the final whistle. Um he was actually he was sitting not that far away from me, so I saw the commotion. And then after the full time whistle went, I saw Liam Kelly run up the tunnel, and I was thinking to myself, something's off there. Mm. But yeah, it, it stuck with me for a little while after that because obviously you knew something had gone wrong. We came out the ground, and I was getting driven back to the train station, and it was on the radio that that had happened. So for a little while, that sort of sort of overshadowed the cup final win but I think now I mean people still remember it happened obviously it's not something that you just forget um but certainly the cup finals have taken precedent over that now and yeah. we see it more as we won the cup rather than it being a tragic day so yeah I think it, it, don't don't Kilmarnock claim to have won the treble now that... <laughs> oh yes this thing um so yeah after that we like I'd drawn up a little logo, like you know, um, it was based on the Rugby World Cup kits. Um, so we're going back, going to rugby here. But you know how in the sleeve they've got the outline of the Webb Ellis Trophy with the years mm, that they yeah. won it underneath. Yeah. And I thought that'd be quite cool if we had that on our kit for the next season. So I drew up something like that with the League Cup and then 2012 underneath. But then it sort of progressed into all three of the major trophies we'd won, and that was the last out of the three major Scottish trophies that we had to win. So we'd completed the treble. But then they totally ran with, we've won the treble, <laughs> <laughs> which I think was a bit optimistic, um, saying that we'd won the treble when, in fact, there was about 90 years like in the difference between our first Scottish Cup win and our winning in the League Cup. So, I mean, no one's ever said that a treble has to be completed within a year. <laughs> uh, um, I don't think everyone. Or maybe, or maybe they have felt maybe the need have, to yeah. say it, probably because it's <laughs> yeah, a, so... a, a, something of a given. The, I mean, the the story, obviously, what what a great culmination of this of this journey of of well, the, this journey that seems to have taken about five minutes of you doodling something on your on your PC to then that that kit being worn by your favourite team in one of their greatest victories uh, in history one of their three greatest victories in history technically yes um so it is a great story and i'm incredibly jealous but it's it is a great it, it gives people an idea that although there are uh established routes in place so you go to you become a graphic designer then you you get an internship or you you then get a, a low role as an assistant a, a manufacturer and then eventually after 10 years you get to start designing some kits with someone else and you've bypassed that whole system does that not make you feel a sense of shame 
<laughs> no, it worked out pretty well for me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not it's shameful about it at all. It's, um, if I'm being very selfish about it, it's worked out pretty well for me. Um, but it was just being at the right place at the right time. Like, Kilmarnock were making their own kits. No one else was making their own kits back then, I don't think, in the UK anyway. Um, so there was, like, no other club it would have happened with. I was just lucky. Yeah, it's... I mean, I, I, I was being uh, maybe devil's advocate there a little bit, but the... It, it, obviously, with the website, lightdesignfootball.com, to to have that, and initially when we set up the website, this was the dream, that, that members... And it didn't really happen in your case because everything everything you achieved was, was separate to the website. But there are cases of... Um, there, there's a guy called uh, Irving Alberto Perez who who posts on designfootball.com as um, Irving Perseni, I think, and he he's very interesting because he would upload hand drawn pictures, which is very different in style yeah. to most of them. And most of them are done uh, on Photoshop or or Illustrator or something like that. And it, he a company called Ramai Sports spotted these designs on the website and contacted him and he's now like the, the head sportswear designer or head kit designer certainly yeah. at, at Ramai Sports I think that's impressive or, that's very good yeah. yeah and well they it's impressive because they make the Jamaica kit <laughs> so, <laughs> right okay yeah so they make Jamaica kit I think they make Al-Shabaab as well and, and probably some other teams so it's just just going from again it's the same principle just doodling something yeah. uploading it to the internet and suddenly you're uh, you've made yourself a career and uh a life mm. and probably a pension and so on. I feel so, a bit less special now. Yeah, sorry to sorry to do this to you, but, oh, okay. but well, it, I'm not sure Jamaica have won. Oh, did they? Did they win the? They might have actually won the. Uh, did they win the gold cup or something? Did they beat America in the gold cup? Maybe that, they did. I don't know. That rings they a did, bell. They did something quite impressive quite recently, I think. So, yeah, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's uh, competed with you on that. The the other person. Um, I mean, there are professional designers who are members of the website as well, so we won't go too much into that. But people who have, have started from from an amateur status and then gone on to, to see their kits made. I mean, Matthias or Matthias Pecorari, I think his name is, who, who posts as Matu Pecco. Um, he won a competition to, to design Tigre, which is, a, I think, an Argentine team. Is it an Argentine team? You... Uh, I think I believe it was so. Argentine, yeah. I, I think they're Argentine, and uh, they they played in the Copa Libertadores in a kit that he had designed, and it was a great yeah, kit, well, Kappa kit. I remember that, yeah. So that was a, a really good one. But prior to that, the only thing that had happened, and at the time I went crazy for it, was a guy called uh, Stevo. He designed Liverpool kits all the time. Yep. And a few years ago, his his kit kit got made. I mean, not like clandestinely was made in the far east and and suddenly you saw people wearing a new liverpool kit which wasn't a liverpool kit at all but it they'd lifted the design off the website and and started producing this um this yellow and red thing which was great it was a great kit but it was obviously dodgy in in loads of different ways i think there's a nice there's a nice beauty to that that they've seen his design and they've obviously thought that's really good so that surely this must be the new liverpool kit so they've just gone and made it obviously to try and sort of jump ahead so i reckon what will happen over there is they'll keep an eye out for like leaks and they'll go and mm. just try and make that kit to sort of get ahead of the actual launch so yeah he's obviously been lucky there i suppose well, yeah. is it lucky 
sealing your design oh, it... and making it for a profit? Oh yeah. The the I mean it's happening it's happened a few times since. There's there was a big Reddit story about um uh, and at Atletico the season when Barcelona had the the diagonal half like half Monaco half Barcelona kit do you remember mm-hmm. that one where it had yeah, like yeah. thin stripes that someone when they saw that leaked they did Atletico's kit in the in the same design and then suddenly that was being made and that was being mass produced as well so that there was there's a there's a long reddit story explaining that which is a similar story to yours I think that the reaction the quick reactions to to as as this story develops um but it's happened so many times since so many kids milan kids not necessarily from just from uh our website but uh just anything that gets posted on the on the internet i'm waiting in eternal readiness for someone to take that pumice top that i did and think that that's going to be a real top and make that yeah uh, i'm just waiting there um, i'm just waiting there for it that uh, well I can't actually say I'm going to buy it because you're not allowed to buy it if someone does that. But I, I would need it in my life. If you haven't seen this, then go onto the website and, and search. I suppose Pumas would probably find it. Or if you just search for Martin Leroy as, um, as one word, is it? Is that how you post yeah, it? Yeah, just all one word. Yeah. All one, uh, if you post it, it's all one word. If you search under the galleries at Martin Leroy's one word, you'll find um, you'll find his Pumas shirt, which is just mind-blowingly good. Um yeah, so the, there are several examples of of designers, amateur designers, uh, coming good, I suppose, or, or, or dreams being realized. So that's a great... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Great thing is obviously you, a great story for you. Um... That is a story of incredible success that you've had with one of your designs. Um, subsequent to to the the League Cup victory, were there any other kits that you designed for Kilmarnock? Uh, after the League Cup victory, it, it kind of got a bit strange for reasons between the chairman and the company, which I won't go into probably because I'll get sued because he's a lawyer, <laughs> so I'll stay out of that. But... Um, I did design a few more kits. Like I'd really put a lot of effort into coming up with a kit for our 50th anniversary of winning the league that was just a nice plain blue and white stripes but had just nice details in it for that. Um, but then they used a top very similar to that at the wrong year. So we couldn't do that one. But then with somebody else um, who knew the guy who made the kits, I designed what was a completely wild 
out there, Kilmarnock top, which I've sent you pictures of before. And so, I mean, our traditional kit's blue and white stripes, but this one was diagonal with the lines, with the stripes fading in and out from different angles. It's We might have to put a link to it somewhere. Oh, no, but it's, it's, on, um, it's on the website. It is I'll on designfootball.com, yeah. yeah. I put it up quite recently. So, yeah, it's hard to describe. So I think the best, it's not really podcast material. You've got to have a look at this picture of this. <laughs> it was um, It was different. Yeah, it was different. What did you What did you think of it? Um, I because I, I think you did three, didn't you? That there was it yes. was like the the entire template was used for the entire range, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were any of them actually released? None of them were released. I think we'd originally gone for maybe doing an away kit, so the away kit would have been the yellow one. It was sort of a yellow outline, oh, sorry, yellow background with the blue stripes going across yeah. it. Um. But that never got made into a kit for various I that, reasons. I think that was the my favourite out of them because there was a there was a, a decent contrast between the yellow and the blue, if I remember rightly. The uh, so it's like a diagonal stripe effect that fades out, and it's very interesting. the the in, The fascinating thing would have been if it had actually been released as the Kilmarnock home shirt because of the potential reaction. So. This is something that we've talked about before on on various podcasts, not on this one, but on on Footwatic podcasts, and and we've discussed uh, what it why you would release a shirt that is that you know is going is going to be controversial. It's not necessarily something you you put into the design process, but if it had been released, you'd agree it would be pretty controversial. That one. Oh, it would have been. I know people who would have absolutely detested it and says, I'm handing my season ticket back in if we'd worn <laughs> that. But then I know, because I put it on the Comarnock form, like I did, it's like a, like, here's a picture of the back of it. Here's a picture of the sleeve sort of thing. Like when I'd stopped working for them, I says, well, I'm just going to show them all the kits that never actually got made. So I showed them that one. And there was, it was that. People were saying if that was the kit, I would have handed in my season ticket. And other people were like, PM me saying, "Are you going to sell me that kit? Because it's the best thing I've ever seen." <laughs> so, and there there is value in that because immediately there's a news story. Now we we I talked last week to John about the uh, the Liverpool uh, away shirt from 2013 14 I think, and it, it horrendous. But it it made and they, they the third kit had like. Um, odd socks as well and there's there's so many in the end I suppose it is column inches that are, are dedicated to these awful kits that a team has released now with Liverpool it's you you don't know whether it's everyone's going to see the Liverpool kit anyway so it doesn't really matter so you you're not reaching a wider audience by having a by having a, a, a grotesque kit but for a team like Kilmarnock who are modestly sized let's say that would have been a news story that I think it would have spread a little bit, wouldn't it? This is what Kilmarnock are doing. Certainly amongst the kit geek world, there would have would have been supporters from other teams. Would you agree? Who would have who would have had a comment on it? Because yeah, everyone th- has an idea of what the traditional look is. Yeah, like no one's ever going to come along and say, I'm looking to buy an interest in football top. Oh, there's a blue and white striped top. It's just, it's never going to happen. But if you can... If people are looking for football tops and then there's this one with faded lines and all this texture thing going on with it, then they're probably going to want to buy it. And it puts Kamarok in the limelight a little bit. And I think it would have if we'd picked those tops. It would have stood out. And 
like for like there's a lot of SPL teams. I don't even know what their kits look like this season because they're not exciting. But I think everyone would have known what the Kilmarnock top would have looked like that season if that had been the case. If we'd gone with that one, it's for it to become. It's very difficult to plan something to go viral, but that's probably the thinking behind releasing these sorts of shirts. So this one, I actually, I, I quite liked it. Um, but it, knowing it would have been controversial, there's, uh, there was a team recently called Windsor FC, and I actually saw someone wearing this shirt the other day, like in the street. Um, he didn't, yeah, is, is I don't know why he came to that conclusion that he would buy this shirt, but they, they released, and there's an article about this on the, on the website. The, they, they released a kit because it was a tie-in with a sponsor. You can read about. It. I'm not going to go into great details, but essentially they wore, a, a, they released a shirt that was uh, a Union Jack, but in Italian colours, so green, white, and green, white, and red. And it was horrendous. One of the worst shirts you've ever seen in every possible way. But no one had heard of Windsor FC before this happened. No one had ever bought a Windsor FC, or very rarely people would buy Windsor FC shirts. It's, people are, actually would go out and buy that because they've read about it, because they know about it. So it's, it's about the conversion rate. So if you create a fantastic shirt, that's great. A, a very classy, sim, uh, simple, clean-looking shirt that, that everyone who sees, who's associated with the club season goes, oh, well, that's a nice shirt. Well, you're gonna, your shirt sale is going to be pretty good this season. It's almost better to create uh, an horrendous shirt that will be seen by more people, will be bought by a much smaller percentage of the people who see it. But because it's been seen by so many people, the percentage doesn't matter as much because the overall sales go up. So, again, it's a, it's a depressing thing to happen, but it, it would be... Getting that balance right, especially as a, a, a Kilmarnock supporter, you design the shirt, so you like the shirt, but when it comes to whether you you believe it should be a Kilmarnock shirt or not, that's where that's where you're going to be torn, where you look at the finances and say, well, actually, we'll, we make a lot of money off the back of this, but are we um, are we doing something that we will be ashamed of in a few years' time that we, we took the classic look of the Kilmarnock shirt and we did this to it? I think, that... I think Kilmarnock would be on the very edge of doing that. Like, okay, so you've got, like, Windsor FC no one's ever heard of them. So they realistically have got nothing to lose when they do something like that. The only people that they're going to annoy by having a strange kit like that is going to be the 11 people who wear it on the Saturday. It's the same with... Do you remember those uh, two tops that came out quite recently from... Uh, was it, um, oh, I've got this written down somewhere. Cultural Leonesa. They had the tuxedo kit. And then yeah. there was CD logo who had the beer, so there it was like the head of the beer was like a stripe across the top of it and the rest of it was yeah. orange down the bottom. It's like what you said, no one has ever heard of them, so they've only benefited from that. But when you get to slightly bigger clubs, Kilmarnock would be on the edge of it, I think. Like, of annoying enough people by not going traditional. Mm. Liverpool, like you said... Not entirely sure why they did go down that because they are such a worldwide popular team that they don't they don't necessarily need those column inches for having such a bad no. top. So it was a bit of a mystery why they went down that road with Warrior. The 
just uh, a note on on something you said there. The the cultural. Could you say that? that cultural Leonisa. That them. The I think the outfield shirt was a a normal tuxedo, so it was black with so black tie, let's say, and. I think the goalkeeper shirt was maybe the reverse, so it was like... No, was it? A, I think so, a white tux with the, a white tie, or maybe even a red tie or something, but it was... Uh, that was... Um, bow tie, sorry. Uh, that was... I actually saw that one and thought, yeah, I'm, oh, I might actually... I might go for that one. Not, But again, to be a little bit contrary and not go for the, the standard where everyone's got the the uh, tuxedo football shirt I don't want to uh, I want to stand out from the crowd and I'll wear a white one instead but yeah the, the, the approach is the approach and it, it's not something you would have had well I suppose you did have it to a certain extent with with Coventry having a brown away kit but the, the idea of of being controversial to to balance the books one way or another you you're almost saying it's it's already over. You've already lost. I I I worry that that's the case sometimes. So it's we're not not necessarily using your shirt as an example of that, but it, it can be can be construed that way that a club has has given up the ghost of actually doing things for the right reason. I think with those two examples, I think they do sit a bit uneasy with me because they're they're quite clearly trying to get them to stand out and trying to get the news headlines. Hmm. I think I prefer it when a team gets, like, well, let's say famous amongst people like us, amongst football shirt yeah. fans. That's better. Like, for example, do you remember... Oh, like I, I used to have these kits. Do you remember the Uganda under-21 kit from the mid-early 2000s? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to Google it. You're Do I remember to... it? Uh, yeah. No. Look, no one. No one's forgotten that one. The Uganda under twenty one kit from from two thousand and four five, wasn't it? Is that? The, uh, it was uh... about then. It was about then. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So I had that top. Like I honestly, they were never gonna make that kit and say it was gonna be a huge success and they were gonna sell shirts because people are gonna want them, but. They were so horrifically horrible that people did want them, and what, they must have did, sold a lot of them. Did describe it. Oh, white. Okay. Uh, then it had. I don't even know what the Uganda flag looks like. I assume it was the Uganda flag colours. It was black, gold, and red, offset stripes of different height, making their way up the top. And then flying across the middle of the top were three cranes. Uh, cr- cranes, as in the uh, bird. Yeah, as in the bird, not the heavy lifting <laughs> equipment. <laughs> well, that that would have been preferable. Um, yes, and and that would, you know, what I think. I I wonder whether that was for for news headlines. I Do you think? I won- yeah, I think maybe that was just they thought that's what a football kit should look like, and and that's how it came about. Well, I had another one that was definitely not their intention because I'm sure I read a story where they complained about it. Deportivo Wanka. Yeah. Do you remember that shirt? Well, that it says the, it has the word Wanka on the front. Yeah, apparently they were not impressed by the amount of attention that they were getting no, from the UK. You can understand that because it's just <laughs> it's unfortunate that their that the name of their football club is um, is would be regarded as controversial el- elsewhere. But you've got to appreciate the sales, the amount of inquiries they must have got 
to to actually why why are all these people from England <laughs> wanting our shirt? <laughs> this, uh, we'll have to look into this. Oh oh, that's the reason. Okay, so that, that I don't know a any reason to to get money in, especially when you can take the moral high ground and say, well, it's just our team name, and if you're going to be puerile, then that's that's your problem. It's not, and we'll just take the money and run. Thanks, but oh, I don't know. That's it's depressing, but I wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't want those shirts not to exist. They I just maybe classics. wouldn't want to support a team who had done that. That's the... Oh, that's the that's, thing. You're always going to annoy someone. You, you've actually worn... Are, are we allowed to say you wear that at games, don't you? The Have you worn it to matches? I've worn it to one match so far. Because okay. I only got my hands on it quite recently, even though it got made... A little while ago, so maybe I should perhaps say that I designed these kits, and they got made into prototypes rather than them just being drawings, so that we could actually yeah. show the club and try and convince them to make them. So I've got the prototype home shirt, and I've got it sitting upstairs, and I've worn it to one game, and no one said anything to me. No one came up, but I could see people sort of mouthing off in the distance. It's like, what kit's that? I've never seen that kit mm -hmm. before. Like just having a, but I didn't get the reaction that I'd hoped. I, I kind one. of, I kind of like the idea that the, the fans at the ground are suddenly worrying that they maybe they they've lost a season somewhere. Like, what was happening in my life? Where was was that a particularly heavy year at university when we wore that <laughs> when we wore that kit? But yeah, I, I think that the possibility is that that maybe people would think it's a training top or something. It's not that it is of of a tra training top style but that tends to be the way doesn't it when there is a, a permutation of the of the home shirt that that it's maybe a training top or a, a pre-match top or something like that so maybe maybe that's what they conclude yeah. but i think that's what most people probably thought yeah okay um uh okay so we've talked a lot about the the nature of uh, being a amateur kit designer and becoming in effect a uh, professional kit designer I, I'm, we're not going to be as vulgar as to, to discuss money but you you did see your kit get made so that is would, would that yeah I got, I got a lot of freebies out of okay it. well that's you, you getting your shirt would be enough for most people I think so you, you yeah I, probably I, I, would you, I would have been happy with that you, I would have been happy have that. you got one with the embroidery for that final yes so I got the I got it so I'd obviously had that top but I'd worn it like playing football and just worn it about so it was a bit tatty and stuff like that but um, I got another one off the guy who made them with the full League Cup final patches on the sleeves, the embroidery on the front saying Cup final, whatever date it was and I got Van Tornhout on the back of it, the guy who scored the winning goal and uh. I, got him to, I got him to sign it as well uh. so I've got that sitting upstairs Okay, that's, well you it was a silly question, really. I would have, I would have hoped if you'd said, "No, I didn't bother." wasn't no. wasn't something I was really interested in. Um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't surprise me that you own that. Okay, we we do have to give the uh, the the pros their dues as well. So with Christmas coming, and we we did this with John Devlin last week, so we should we should probably uh, talk about this. We again, I I do I feel a, a need to to ask people if they celebrate Christmas. Do you celebrate Christmas? Um, yeah, well, I'm a teacher, so I celebrate the Christmas holidays, yeah. <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> that is the, the perfect um, uh, 
that could be classed as a secular answer, which is fantastic. It's exactly what we need. Um, so what what kits do you want for Christmas? One of the kits which I'm thinking about getting for Christmas, you talked about on the last podcast. And I, okay. Okay, I don't think either of you were very positive about it, but I really like it. The Belgium Away kit. Hmm. No, we weren't. We weren't negative about it. Well, John was, I think. I I quite like it. It's just the reasons behind it. I was. And this is the cycling top, and it is nice. But I don't know why. I don't know why they've made a cycling top into a football shirt. But it is good. Yeah. I uh, well, I th- I know why they've done a cycling top because it's Belgium. They can't put waffles in the front of it, so they've got to put something <laughs> on it. So. I mean, Eddie Merckx is a legend in Belgium. He's a legend in the world of cycling. So maybe it's because we're not Belgian. We can't sort of see that that's such a big thing. But that is like part of their national identity. So they've taken something to do with that and they've put it in their football top. It's the same as Scotland pulling tartan and plastering it all over their top. It's it just maybe we just don't understand it as much, I think. Okay, the... That's fair enough, and you make a, a an excellent argument. But I think maybe you need to declare an interest because I'm, as I'm sitting here looking at you, you're wearing a cycling shirt. <laughs> I forgot the video on. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So um, we we think there is bias involved there, but perhaps obviously yeah. um, anyone who's who's massively into cycling is going to like and football and kit design is going to like the new Belgian. Belgium uh, away shirt, which is a great one. I, I actually quite like it, but I just, I'm, I'm confused, uh, which is another story. The The Belgium home shirt is one we forgot to talk about last week. Um, that, that's been very, very well received. But I looked at it again today, and it's very, very black as well, isn't it? Have you... I'll bring it up again. I've looked at it. So Belgium home, if you can hear my keys typing. So my immediate impressions, I think, were it's so much better than what they had before. So going back to the conversation you had about pulling in a new brand to come and make something for you. They'd obviously just been given a straight template when they went to Adidas. So this is like the first Adidas kit they've had, which is going to be bespoke to them. And Mm. I like it. I think you're right, there's a lot of black in it, but that seems to it seems to be that Adidas this year are doing that. They're bringing in a lot more of the secondary colour into the mm. kits. So the Scotland top was exactly the same. They've got too much white in it. But that Belgium kit, I, th- I think it's a nice balance. Uh, there is a lot of black in it, but I do like it. It's quite nice. Yeah, the, the what people might not have noticed is it is the classic. Um, it's in the colours of the the classic Belgian flag colours, mm. Belgian flag colours. See, Andrew Castle was doing this, and I think it maybe is catching. There was the uh, da- uh, Davis Cup final the other day, and for the whole for his whole commentary, uh, <laughs> Andrew Castle described the Belgians as the Belgians. He did. As... Yeah, it was something <laughs> really frustrated me when I was watching that. But this is like, surely this is a very educated public school boy who's like been a broadcaster and a journalist for 20 odd years. And he he uses the word Belgians to describe people from Belgium. 
who are actually Belgians. So, yeah, I, uh, that's apparently catching. So I'm now, yeah, or maybe catching on. You've got to get uh, your correct denim. Oh, no. Don't don't use words that I've, I I don't know the meaning of. I've already misused a word that is, is plaguing me now. It's uh, That's probably misusing that word as well. Anyway. Uh, just say it confidently. No one will question it. No one will ever question it. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, the What people won't have noticed is that even though it's got the, the Belgium tricolour or tricolour, I suppose, if they, what French is one of their languages, it's it's in those colours. The yellow on, on that shirt is actually like vault yellow. So it's it's the bright, luminous yellow on that, which people might not realise, but I quite like that. I'd the, spot the only... that, yeah. Oh, you had to spot it. Already. I had to spot that. I quite liked it as well. I think if you are going to go and look at some of the kits I've done on the website, I put up a Kilmarnock top recently where I'd kind of stolen that idea and I'd put oh. the highlights in that top in because obviously yellow's our secondary colour and I'd put yeah. them in that sort of vault yellow as well. I do like the vault yellow and I know that... Um, John was speaking about it in the last podcast, saying he thinks that's where the sort of the designs yeah. start to go, sort of the very bold colours. So maybe this is the start of it. We're seeing it in this Belgium top. Yeah, the the bold colours coming back. Yeah, it, it's something that you wouldn't think would work because it it should jar because it's you you recognise the colours and then that goes against it. But it actually works really well. So they've done really well with that. It it surprises me, especially with a long t- long sleeve shirt. The proportion of black is is going to be very high compared with red, but. Um, yeah, the the kit works out. Any other Euro 2016 kits that you like? Um, I quite like the Czech Republic one. I'm not usually that big on the Puma tops, but um, there's just something about it, uh, a je ne sais quoi, that I don't really know why I like it, but I just I saw it and I thought, I like that. It's it's nice. Okay, yeah. I, I looked at that and it just it doesn't seem of this time. I don't know whether it seems... Uh, it seems ahead of its time or if it harks back to I don't know maybe 10-15 years ago I don't know but it's Puba seem to always do their own thing they don't seem to want to go along with the trends that no certainly especially uh, with the African ones they've always been very wild with the African tops yeah they were good last year the the garnish or two years ago I suppose uh, 18 months ago the garnish shirt for the World Cup was one I liked so Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do tend to do their own thing. Um, okay, uh, anything else for Christmas then? Um, well, I think my main Christmas present I'm going to be getting is New Zealand citizenship. <laughs> okay. Um, I was thinking maybe kit-related, but why is that kit-related? So, okay, first of all, I should explain. I'm, I'm getting citizenship. It's not like I'm going to move there or anything. My dad was born in New Zealand, so... I have technically had citizenship since I was born, but it's time to make it official. And just throughout my childhood, I was pretty convinced that I was a good enough footballer to play for New Zealand. So I remember, like, like well, I remember my dreams being absolutely dashed when they came and played Scotland at Easter Road, and I realised that they weren't actually one of the worst teams in the world. They were okay, and I probably wasn't going to be able to do that, but just have it like i just i want that dual nationality thing where i've got options i know scotland are getting worse and worse but i still think they're probably too good for me to play for them but new zealand's reasonable i thought new zealand was reasonable yeah uh i I had a similar thing with um with algeria as a kid um i i would have had no uh 
eligibility for Algeria. But because of sort of family history, I I thought I could somehow get my way into their their national team eventually. Um, it was very unlikely on many 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 counts. Um, okay, so you're going to be playing for New Zealand soon. That's uh, that's <laughs> to be honest with your the way you go about things. I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, the I'm, way you go about already, your ambitions. I'm already preparing my um, retirement from international football letter as we speak after my <laughs> five caps that I'm going to get. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, look out for that. Okay, the football kits are not the only thing that you design. Now this is staggering. The okay stadiums. Tell us how you got into designing stadiums. Well, again, as a kid, it was just drawing stadiums. I don't know. Just football and design were just two things I liked. So I used to doodle stadiums and stuff like that. But then Google came out with a program called SketchUp, which, first of all, it was free. So it wasn't like AutoCAD or something like that, where you could actually draw them. You could make them 3D. You could see them. And I got right into that very quickly and moved from just like drawing rugby park making it better and better and better to actually designing my own stadiums so uh so google for a while had this thing called the 3d warehouse where you could just make your own 3d designs of anything and put them up there so i contributed to there for quite a few years just designing stadiums as well um just again go to the website have a look at there are several of these on on design football yeah and, put a few there as well yeah yeah and some of them are animated aren't they as well ah uh, yes i animated the the one that i did that was after my frustrations of the london olympic stadium of them saying no we're not going to turn it into a football stadium nope 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 oh, actually yes west ham are going to play there and then them just having this absolute nightmare of actually trying to make it ready for football to be played on it so you're not three miles away from the track i decided to sort of how they should have done it thing so it's a little animation a little gif that loops that shows you how they could have done the stadium so that bits of it could be reused and it would be a reasonable football stadium not an athletic stadium in incredibly that isn't the most interesting london-based stadium that you've uploaded to the website the tell us what else you did so it it was a competition that was going on wasn't it for london fc is that right yeah or it was it was make another t- yeah i suppose it was london fc or london united or something like that yeah, it was yeah. some sort of united london team and then i think you'd said to me maybe you should make a ground for it and then you told me that i should try i don't know london very well you had a very specific place in mind Oh, did I? Oh, I was. Uh, was there a couple? There's one in in the city, isn't there? There's a, there's an expanse of green in the city that I don't know why there is. It's like a courtyard, but it's is it football pitch size? But I don't. Well, it wasn't my idea to to do what you eventually did, was it? Oh, you were you know, the one that I eventually did was my idea. I'd because I'd gone on to Google Maps and I was going, where is there space in London City Centre for this London FC team to play? If I was going to design a stadium, and then. I noticed that there was quite a large space in London where no buildings were currently (laughs) built, the River Thames. So I drew up a design for a football stadium that sat on a bridge over the River Thames. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
I implore you to go and look at this. So this is, and it, it's not, you're not, this isn't um, sort of an alternative Wembley Stadium that has the, the two towers instead of the arch or something like this. This is meticulous detail. And he's designed, Martin has designed um, a football stadium on Blackfri Blackfriars Bridge. And it's unbelievable. And I, every time I, I cross Blackfriars Bridge or see Blackfriars Bridge, I imagine it with a stadium on top of it instead of of what where it, what it is the state it is in now um yeah it's absolutely staggering so yeah many many strings to your bow professional footballer for new zealand uh kit designer for kilmarnock and stadium designer stadium architect um okay so the the one thing that i haven't seen from you and this is tenuous but we we probably should uh, talk about it because I thought I was going to talk about it last week, but we didn't. Um, you, you don't design boots, do you? Have you ever designed a football boot? Uh, no, it's nothing that I've... I've had a little play about once or twice to see if I could do something, but no, boots is... It's not something that I'm as interested in, no. But when you're playing for New Zealand, you will have to wear boots. I am just going to wear black Puma Kings, that'd be me. <laughs> yeah, the purist. Yeah. Um, the reason why I bring this up is Adidas have released a pair of a, set, a pair of boots, yeah, that are laceless, entirely laceless. They are called the Adidas Ace GTI Twenty Sixteen. Uh, have you seen these? I've seen these. Um, I'm I. I don't know. Like I used to play football quite a lot, so or a long time ago though. But I'll like. I don't know how it's going to work. I always wanted my football boots to be like quite tight on my feet so they weren't moving around and I can't help but feel that something that won't have laces is just going to be like a slipper. Like No matter mm. how you design it to get your feet in it, there's got to be some sort of give and it's just going to be running around in flip-flops. That's all I can imagine <laughs> when I see them. Uh, yeah, I, I saw a pair of these a while back and about five years ago there was futsal which is like a, a poncy version of five-a-side football which <laughs> um i i should i should retract that i do quite like the idea of it but they play with a size four ball and i can't get on board with that but in futsal there were because that's like indoors so you have like a, a rubber sole or something i don't really know mm -hmm. yeah. so there, there were slip-on there were slip-on trainers for that which a few years ago which i really like the look of um so now that's that's come into 11 aside football with with adidas have done something i think you'd need something like a a power lace like back to the future power lace <laughs> wouldn't you so, yeah so, so if you're gonna go laceless all right you don't want to tie a bow but you've got to have or that puma disc thing there was a do you remember the puma disc where you just turned a dial and that decided how tight the trainer was i think the I don't know what you're talking about, but I know in cycling, bring back cycling. I know that in some cycling shoes, there's like a little disc that you can turn to tighten up your shoes. So I'd imagine it'd be very yeah. similar to that. But it sounds like it'd be a bit clunky for a football boot, though. Yeah. Oh, that that shot's gone out for a throw because it came on off the side of his dial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Maybe that's why Adidas didn't include the dial on the the lace up shoe, the laceless uh, football boots. Okay. Um, that is uh, that has been fantastic. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, there was nothing else I had in mind, no. Okay, well, um, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Matt. I've very much enjoyed it. I don't know. I, I, well, I think 
people will have enjoyed listening to you and your stories. So thank you very, very much for, for coming on to the podcast. How, how, no how's problem. It, how has it been for you? Oh, it's been good. I've, I barely feel like I've been ill at all now. So I feel refreshed oh, really? and I'm ready for a lovely weekend. It will have to. Um, that will have to be the, the curer of ills. The, the designforward.com podcast will, will heal you. So, yeah, come along. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for that. Uh, Martin's work, I think we've mentioned it, but you should really head over to our website and check out Martin's work. And there's probably ways of finding him on the other things he mentioned. So is it Google SketchUp? Is that the one? Yeah, Google SketchUp is... They've actually sold it to some company called Trimble now, but if you search for 3D Warehouse, then ah, you'll find it. 3D Warehouse. So see if you can find his work on there. That's... Uh, that's worth taking a look at as well, but a lot of his stadium designs are on uh, designfootball.com. So thank you, Martin. As I always say, uh, head over to the website. Not just Martin's work. There's plenty of other people who do uh, who, who upload their sterling efforts to the website. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, Design Football. Uh, like our Facebook page, designfootball.com. Uh, you can get in touch with me on Twitter if you want. Uh, I'm J29ers. Uh, so give me a shout and tell me I'm a moron if you like. That's fine. Uh, and yeah, we'll speak We'll speak to someone new next week. And hopefully you'll enjoy that as well. Oh, last thing. I need to thank uh, Chris Oakley uh, of The Football Attic who helped enormously with the setting up of this podcast. Uh, although it, he probably would be ashamed. Um so thanks very much and we'll uh, speak to you all again soon bye 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 Martin Botox Cosmetic out of botulinum toxin A FDA approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.